Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we are going to tackle all things week seven of the National Football League. I cannot believe that we're already seven weeks into this season. Um, a lot has happened. A lot has transpired. It's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy year for a lot of these football teams. Um, Thursday night football has been some of the worst football I think any of us have ever seen. But tonight, it's not going to get better tonight. Tonight's going to all change when we're going to have a 150-point game between the two teams we'll talk about in a little bit. But as always, I'm joined by my partner here, Nathaniel Hackett's favorite son, Matthew Fox. For the brand. If you can't see, a little, little Walmart coffee in the morning, you know, for the for the brand you know it's uh we're at that point of the fantasy season where between bye weeks which you know with the bills eagles rams and vikings on a bye you probably lost some players you really like between buys and injuries i unironically had to pick up taekwon thornton and put him in a lineup i don't blame you at all i don't blame you at all last week we saw some interesting games kind of go down um obviously the patriots blew out the browns the jets are the best team in football you know, Zaddy Wilson, you know, Zach Daddy Wilson up there just, just doing his thing. The Vikings look really good. Um, the Bengals back on track. The Ravens blow another lead. It's another week, another week of Ravens blowing football. The Giants are somehow 5-1, and one, which I still don't believe. I don't care what anybody says. This is not a 5-1 and one football team. I just think they have very good coaching with very mediocre uh, players. Um, the Bucks still suck, can't score any touchdowns. Um, the Rams look better, but it was against the Panthers. Um and and honestly, the Rams did not look incredibly better in the first no. half. They were losing 10-7 at one point in time after another pick six. It was kind of after, I would say, Carolina fell apart emotionally because you had Steve Wilkes screaming at Robbie Anderson, throwing him to the locker room, and then sending him all the way to Arizona so he doesn't have to look at his face. And, of course, the Bills closed out the Chiefs in a big win for the Bills. Now, I, I say some I say big win, and I just think that's for seeding purposes – Later on the season, I think that'll come back. The Eagles did end up beating the Cowboys. And then, of course, on Monday night, the Chargers beat the Broncos in an awful football game. Hey, there was a game on Monday night? Yeah, shit. I'm unaware. I'm unaware. Um, you know, I can't believe how many people have been surprised that the they're like, I can't believe the Bills beat the Chiefs. Does nobody read the betting lines? The Bills were favored. Yes. Bills were favored by three going into that game, which I we talked about. They covered the, the spread. Exactly. And it was crazy that they were, but people forget that top to bottom, the Bills are a better football team than the Chiefs are. Like, it's just a fact. Like, I'm sorry to break it to you, but it's a fact. Like, they're just top to bottom, a better team on both sides of the football. You know what I mean? And and that's that's something that's crazy. But before we dive any deeper into anything else for week seven, let's talk about some one thing that's interesting in the news and notes. 
It wouldn't be a National Football League season if we weren't talking about something that Daniel Snyder did or didn't do. And uh, yeah, it's back to the forefront of the NFL. We've got, I don't know what this, man, I'll tell you what. This seems like a bunch of teenagers throwing fits and yelling at each other behind the scenes. And then we find out that Jerry Jones, you know, screams at Goodell again in defense of Dan Snyder. Is anybody really surprised that some of these guys are going to defend the guys that that know each other's dirt on each other? Like, this entire situation is wild to me. What about you, Fox? I think, uh, you know, I didn't know Daniel Snyder was such a fan of equality until he wrote that letter saying that the Snyder's indicating, like, how important his wife is to the organization <laughs> would not be selling. Um, you know, it's convenient how that, that popped up for him. Uh, he's an embarrassment. He needs to go. He's been an embarrassment for more than a decade. More than that, he's made his franchise that's an embarrassment. Um, when you have people like Jim Ursay coming out saying well, this is bad, <laughs> you know that should, that should give you a moment of pause. Um, Dan Snyder spent too much time in Washington D.C. It's time for him to bounce out. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's it's something that it's long overdue. The process shouldn't be as hard as it is. Um, we saw a similar situation kind of go down in the NBA, you know what I mean? They, but they did it. That was swift actions. You know what I mean? Not swift. It took a little while for them to get through the process, but it felt like it was a smoother. It feels like the NFL as an entity, like, um, player wise, I think runs better than just about anybody, any other league. But I feel like the behind the scenes stuff with the owners and stuff like that is ran like childlike compared to some of these other leagues they need to put out the results of this report goodell keeps saying that they're going to make it public they i hope he's honest they need to do it but what really kind of with with sarver and phoenix you had players coaches and sponsors kind of turning on them i think you know we're going to probably need to see some whether it's the players union, which might be the best so that no individual player, you know, and individual NBA players hold a lot more cachet than individual NFL players with these few exceptions, you know, maybe like a Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, you know, a couple of those guys who've been there that are at a different level. I, it's probably the players union's going to have to say something, but it's when it's, when sponsors start to get involved, that's usually when a lot of these things happen, sadly, because the answer to all your questions is money. I totally agree. Um, now it's time to move on over to Thursday Night Football. You and I are on different pages here. You said 150 points. I am saying maybe 150 oh, yards. I was I, I was totally joking. Right. I, I That's just wishful thinking. I won't even be watching the game. I'll be in the middle of watching Black Adam while the game kicks off tonight. But um, with that being said, you have the 2-4 and four New Orleans Saints taking on the 2-4 and four Arizona Cardinals. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting matchup. It looks like Andy Dalton will be good to go again tonight. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back for the Cardinals, which I think is really massive for this team. They've missed him dearly. Um, but at the same time, of course, Marquise Brown is now out for four weeks. Um, at least four or weeks. At least four weeks. Um, could be longer. Um, of course, they do have the newly acquainted Robbie Anderson in town for the team to kind of take over his spot, which, I mean, I, Robbie Anderson's good. I don't think that he's going to be I, great. But. Do you think he's going to be active tonight? Because So he got traded Monday afternoon. It's Thursday yeah. night game. 
his first practice maybe was Tuesday, probably yeah. Tuesday. But I don't maybe. know. If and you is. don't do a lot of practices on these short weeks. I don't yeah. know how similar the offense is. I If he is, I think maybe he just gets a few snaps just to get him acquainted with the offense. Maybe if he is active, I'm not 100% certain, but I do know that Hopkins being back is going to help some other pieces on that offense a lot. I did like what we saw out of Eno Benjamin. Obviously, he couldn't find a whole lot of running room. It's interesting to see him kind of tote the load a little bit, but I do think that he's got a very good pass catcher. Um, I'm pretty positive Connor's not going again tonight. He's questionable, but verging on the – I'm not planning on him playing. Yeah, so I know he didn't practice yesterday or Monday, um, but I know he's – I think short week, it's probably smarter to keep him out another week. It's not like the Cardinals are, you know, in a playoff run anyway. But I'm sure this is – the Cardinals are going to be the type of team to end the season – with a little bit of hope, give him nine and eight, and they'll just keep Cliff Clinsbury around just for another year, just because he, you know, research, you know, the resurgence happened. But um, I honestly think they'll be lucky to get back to nine wins because usually they start agreed. strong to protect agreed. against the back season fade, and they have looked horrendous. The Saints haven't looked terrible with um, the last couple weeks. Um, they did score, you know, they did score the twenty six last week. They scored thirty nine against Seattle. They scored twenty five against Minnesota. They haven't exactly looked terrible, but of course, without the groundbreaking uh, uh, ability of their star player, Ty- Taysom Hill, it looks like they're very one-dimensional if he's not going. But uh, there's a lot of injuries on this team. What is your kind of outlook on this offense? And the, there's weird things I've heard. Alive's in, but then I heard he's out. No, Alave got cleared from concussion protocol. He said he was playing. I'm planning on him being in tonight. So Michael Thomas out, Jarvis Landry out, Adam Troutman, um, I don't know that it matters. He's out. Marshawn Lattimore, that one does matter. He is out. Um, you know, my friend Dennis pointed out that they have been giving up the six most fantasy points to wide receivers with Marshawn Lattimore, so that's not a great sign for their defense without. I think the Saints look like an older team, probably one that probably that needs to make a decision about rebuilding. They haven't been able to figure out the quarterback position. Jameis Winston, when we've seen him, has looked more like the Jameis Winston that played himself out of Tampa Bay than the one that we were hoping to see. Andy Dalton has actually looked like a better fit for that offense. In terms of fantasy tonight, you're playing Alvin Kamara. He has been great. He's been carrying a big load on the ground, getting a lot of yards. He hasn't been getting a lot of touchdowns, so you may be missing the fact that he's also getting a lot of receptions. I think he's a much more valuable asset with the Andy Dalton, the way Dalton plays. I'm playing Alave, too. He's been good when he's been in there. He's probably their best playmaker that they're going to have in a receiving core. Taysom Hill is the ultimate YOLO pick. If you are looking at a lineup that looks pretty sad and your projection shows you losing by 35 points, you put him in at tight end because he could get three touchdowns. He could also get you five points. He's the ultimate, you know, if you need a Hail Mary, you put him in. You don't put him in if you're in a really tight game and you need a stable floor. No, I'm just being honest. I mean, he's like the, it's 35 points or it's five points. There's not a lot in between on the, on the Cardinal side. Zach Ertz is probably the pass catcher I feel the best about because he's been going good all season. They have chemistry. I'm staying away from the backfield. You know, Benjamin didn't do a lot. Their running game hasn't done a lot. Kyler Murray has been their runner. Kyler Murray, you're for sure playing, you know, because they're relying on him to do everything. I also still like D-Hop. 
I think he's going to come in and have a good game. I'm not convinced Robbie Anderson's active. Even if he was active, I need to see him do it for two or three weeks before I believe that he's capable of producing in this offense because I think we've seen with the Cardinals they can support one or two pass catchers a game. You know, early in the season, Greg Dortch looked great. As soon as Rondale Moore became healthy, Greg Dortch disappeared and Rondale Moore became. So I think it's still going to be Rondale and D-Hop for the time being because Marquise Brown is out. But when you start adding other players into the mix, the, the ones I feel the best about are Kyler Murray, Ertz, and Hopkins. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting night. Um, I'm hoping to see... Like I said, I'm not going to catch most of the game, but I'm hoping that at least we get some scoring. I don't really have any fantasy-relevant players on either of my teams going tonight, so that just makes me happy. I, I never like playing players on Thursday nights anyway. So I have a healthy exposure to Olave and a couple of DeAndre Hopkins that I'm excited to put back in a lineup. just makes me remind, remind myself that I need to go set my lineups. So I keep forgetting yep. to go to sleeper and do that sometimes. But with that taking, being said... I'm taking the what? Cardinals. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the picks. I, I'm taking the Cardinals, too. I think the Cardinals win. I think they get slightly back on track. People get, you know, motivated about them, and then next week they probably lose by 50. I don't even know they're playing yet, but they'll probably lose. With four of the best teams in football on the back burner, what does Matthew Fox have to say about this week's game? Let's take a listen to his Max Games of the Week. Yeah, and it, it's an interesting um... – schedule the to be honest the primetime games none of them are very good this week you know you already mentioned thursday night sunday night i'll get to in a minute but monday night game is the bears at the patriots so after a run of some really good national primetime games aside from the ones involving Denver. We uh, we didn't get blessed this week, but in the early window, there's a couple of interesting matchups. The one I'm going to highlight is the Indianapolis Colts 3-2 and 1 at the Tennessee Titans 3 and 2. The Titans beat the Colts earlier this season. If they sweep them, that gives them not only back into first place, but that big tiebreaker chip. Uh, the Colts have been good since that loss coming back taking a slight lead in the division Tennessee coming off of a bye week be interesting. Indianapolis finally seemed to get that pass offense going last week if they can keep it going. The late window actually has two fantastic games. Both of them have very similar stakes. The 49ers are hosting the Chiefs, but I'm going to settle on Seahawks Chargers. Again, both of these games mirror each other with incredibly high stakes for the AFC and NFC West. You're, you're seeing two teams that are tied atop the division that really need a win. The Chargers they got it done on Monday night. They didn't always look pretty. They may actually have Keenan Allen back, which could be good. Geno Smith's been good with Seattle. Um, we've seen, you know, that Charger defense sometimes gives up some points. Both those teams are surprisingly tied for first. Both of them need a win to move forward. I think the Chargers probably end up getting it, but that is going to be an interesting matchup. Sunday night, I mentioned it before. I'm not sure if it's going to be Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, but it's the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Miami Dolphins. We know Tua Tagovailoa is coming back. Uh, a lot has been made of the concussion or not concussion. It was very interesting and telling to me that Tua admitted that he blacked out and got knocked unconscious uh, during those games. I hope he is healthy. He's been out for two weeks. He's coming back. Interesting that he's coming back against the Steelers. They don't have Watt uh, scheduled to be back in, but they still have a pretty um, formidable defensive front at times. Miami has lost three straight. They really need to get back on a winning path. I don't know if this is going to be a great game, but this is arguably the best of the three primetime matchups, which tells you something. The upset special, 
I know Ricky doesn't believe in the Giants. I think the Giants have outplayed, you know, expectations of five and one. They're not an incredible five and one team, but the fact that they are underdogs against a two and four Jacksonville team that has looked lost the last three weeks feels like a little bit of a slap in the face. I'm taking the Giants over the Jaguars as my upset special. I don't hate that. I don't hate it at all, just because of how how bad they've looked this uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, the Jaguars started strong and they've looked rough. I think it's more for, for me. It's not. It's. Just, I don't believe the Giants are a five and one football team. I just think that when it comes down to it, Dabble's just a hell of a coach. And I think that this team. I'm hoping that they come back down to earth because I really hope they don't try to run it back with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones ain't the option. He's making good decisions, but I think they're giving him the opportunity not to make bonehead decisions that past coaches prior didn't. I think that Jones is a serviceable guy, but when it comes down to, to real football games and, and playing much better teams, I mean, Green Bay's not good this year. Chicago's terrible. Carolina's terrible. Tennessee's been playing below average. The only team that they play with any decency um, is Dallas, and, of course, Dallas came back and beat them. So I, I they have a very easy schedule, and that's all I'm going to say about the Giants. Nothing. I'm not, I'm not a hater. I just think that they have great coaching right now. And, and that, I think that goes a long way. And we've seen that go a long way with some of the bonehead coaching decisions we've seen over the first couple of weeks of the season um, across the NFL. There's been some bad coaches. And, and this week's schedule is ugly, man. I just – and as far as the Jaguars, I think that's just the home factor. I think that's the only reason. You get three points at being a home, and I think that's the only reason why the Jaguars – it still feels like a line that should be closer to minus one, maybe minus two Jaguars. I still think the Jaguars should be favored just because they're at home. Um, but the Jaguars have not done anything formidable in the last few weeks to make it realize that anything other than, uh, especially since, you know, the, the Giants are, are two and zero on the road this year. So it'll be interesting. It's going to be a good week. I, this, it surprises me too, because it's like an easy kind of upset. This week's just ugly. I don't know. I was looking through the betting thing and it's, it's, it's even more ugly, but we'll, we'll transition to the even more ugly version of this week. And that's starting to hit. I can only do one arm. That was kind of hurt my other arm. <laughs> wait, we can do one arm to match. There we you have go. one. There we oh, go. Wait, no, I do need this. Yeah, you need to do one. There, go. there we go. There we go. It's hard. You got to see the reverse. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to do it. I mean, it is. Um, this week is very interesting. I went through my list. I didn't. I wasn't enamored with a lot of those sits that I had this week, but my starts this week look a little sexier, and I'm going to kick it off with that. I'm going with Matt Ryan as my start for quarterback this week. Um, desperation play, obviously, but we're talking about Josh Allen, Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, J- Jalen Hurts are all out this week. And and I feel like last week, maybe Matt Ryan is going to start throwing a little bit better. He did throw the ball 58 times last week. He did have three touchdown passes close to 400 yards. So it's definitely one of those games where it's interesting. He's not going to replicate that this week. But he does, he does have three different games of double-digit touchdowns in the week. Um Four matchup against the Tennessee Titans. He did throw for 356 yards and two touchdowns. He is crazy enough on the season. He is averaging a little over 67% completion percentage. I like the numbers. Um, he's looked much better over the last few weeks. Um, if Jonathan Taylor's back, I like this even more. If he's not, I mean, he is throwing a lot of dump off passes, which again does help you in fantasy. I like Matt Ryan on the flip side of that. Um, I like Jamal Williams coming back this week. I know Swift might be back in the fold, but I still am starting Williams just because he is a factor, whether Swift is in that lineup or not. I really liked Williams. 
He's a touchdown guy. I'm, I'm a big fan, and I love him this week, especially, again, missing some big keys. Um, going back to the Colts well, I like Michael Pittman Jr. this week. He's uh, he's had five catches in back-to-back weeks. He obviously had 13 for 134 last week. He's had a really strong season. Um, he did have the one last dud against the Tennessee Titans. He went three for three 31 in that matchup. I look for him to have another strong week. And my start of the week um, is Evan Ingram, five catches in back-to-back weeks. And could we have a little bit of a revenge? Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Narrative there. I think we do. Give me Evan Ingram to start this week. I like him. I never thought I'd say those words ever again, but here we are. Uh, so my start of the week, uh, Dak Prescott at quarterback. Um, you know who doesn't have a good defense? That'd be the Detroit Lions. Dak coming back uh, fully healthy. The Cowboys are going to be motivated coming off that loss. I really like Dak and uh, should be a stellar week for CeeDee Lamb. Um, again, Detroit. No one has given up more points over the first five weeks than the Detroit Lions. My starter running back is Brees Hall. Uh, Denver has a stout defense, but they have allowed um, running backs to do fairly well in fantasy, especially ones that are involved in all three phases. Brees Hall catches passes. He runs. He's been the heart of that Jets offense, and let's be honest, the Jets are probably a better team right now. My starter wide receiver, uh, it is a tough week for the top of the box wide receivers because of bias. Justin Jefferson is out. Cooper Rush or Cooper Cup is out. Cooper Rush also out, but Cooper Cup is out. And uh, Stefan Diggs is out. Jamar Chase, I think he's probably going to be wide receiver one. He's wide receiver one in my ranks. Um, he has been incredible. They're playing Atlanta. I think Cincinnati really needs to get a win, get their mojo going, and get over 500. And my tight end start, I mentioned it up at the top. I like Zach Ertz this week. Um, you know, he's been the most reliable part of that Arizona passing game. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, as far as sits at the quarterback position this week for me, my sits for the week, actually, just in general, um, I am back looking at two guys that, you know, I never thought I'd even have this conversation with potentially being sits of the week. My first being um, Russell Wilson. Uh, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I've, I, I mentioned him last week as my start. And then of course I've, you know, I don't know. I just I hate fantasy football. I hate everything about fantasy football. And then another guy that I really hate right now is Najee Harris, which is just not getting the ball rolling as much as anybody would hope that drafted him when they drafted him. Um, I think a lot of what his inability to get things going has to do with the quarterback position. He did find the end zone last week on a little bit of a touchdown catch. But um, I just the Dolphins, I think this game's going to be I don't know, man. I think with Tua coming back, this this offense, this could be a lopsided game which kind of scares me because, you know, when two was healthy, this offense was clicking on all cylinders and the Steelers are banged up, even though they do have a strong front offensive or front defensive line. Um, I do look for the Dolphins to get back on track, especially being seven point favorites um, this Sunday, which is also a high number for a team that's struggling, um, even with Tua coming back. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for my sits this week. I couldn't find a receiver I didn't like because there's just so many receivers. What do you got? Maybe with a good one. So my sits uh, taking out Russell Wilson. Um, 
I don't know what to make of Denver. Sauce Gardner's been great. He'll probably be on Cortland Sutton, which means that the best part of Denver's offense will be kind of blanketed again. That That's what happened last week with J.C. Jackson. Russell just looks off. Now he's got a tear in his shoulder. He's got a tear in his hamstring. He's probably got a hole in his heart um, f- from all the criticism he's getting. My running back is J.K. Dobbins. We've been waiting for him to spring into action. Last week he had seven carries for 15 yards, while Kenyon Drake had 10 carries for 119 yards, and Lamar Jackson had seven carries for 77 yards. It ain't working right now. Um, I've enjoyed the talent, but it just, you know, he's on like the Cam Akers path right now, which is really kind of depressing. My wide receiver sit, Curtis Samuel, he started the season on fire. Between injuries and buys, I mentioned we're missing. Carson Wentz still quarterback nine on the season. I don't know about how I feel about Taylor Heineke, um, but I know that Washington's pass offense seems to be going in the wrong direction. I don't feel like I can trust him anymore. My tight end is Tyler Conklin. He was on fire to start the season with Joe Flacco. He has seen only eight targets combined in the three games with Zach Wilson back. Three the last two weeks, only caught one pass for 16 yards. You can do better even at a tough position. Zach Daddy Wilson, baby. We don't criticize my man on the podcast. They're no, the, Jet, the Jets have been going good. It just right In now. Fact, Zach Wilson hasn't looked great either. But the thing, this crazy thing about it is, again, for me, what's making that team better than other teams? Coaching. Yeah. We we talked about Robert Sala. I like Sala a lot. I I, I think that I think he's going to do big things. I think that team's full of potential. Um, I don't understand how they're four and two. It's not something that I would would have projected early in the season, but I think coaching's making a lot of differences, and the Packers stink too. So I mean, there's just a lot. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Lafleur, Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, Matt Lafleur. I've never no. been a big proponent. Oh no, Mike Mike is the Jets offense. Jets, yeah. Matt. So Matt Lafleur, I'm not. A, I've never been a big guy on him. I always felt like he was a product of 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 being in the right place at the right time with that team, and. Um, they just look terrible, and their offense looks terrible. It looks stagnant. Why Aaron Jones is not the vocal point of that offense will never, ever be uh, something that I understand. That the one game, game that he was the focal point of the Green Bay offense, they they killed the Bears, and he looked incredible. But they've yep. gone away from it, and I don't really understand what they're doing right now. I don't either. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry this year. Like, he's looked amazing Whenever, you're right, they did. I mean, he had um, the game against the Bears and the game against New England. He had 16, 16 carries for 100 yards, uh, 16 carries, 110 yards against New England, and 15 carries for 132 against the Bears. Like, I, And other than that, it's it's been – he had nine carries last week against the Jets. Somebody explain that to me like I'm five. I don't understand. Even whenever he's not getting a lot – I mean, last week was his first game that he struggled really bad. Like it's a, he did against the Bucks too, but the Bucks have a stout run defense. But – and the Jets look good on defense too, but I, I don't understand it. Matt Lafleur should be fired. I just, I'm just firing everybody right now. Everybody should be well, fired. So. I think Matt Lafleur will be okay. Oh, he'll be fine, but I just think that that team, once Rodgers leaves, is going to be. They need to get a new identity. The fact that that Deshaun Jackson came out and said that he would assign with only two teams, and one of them was the Packers, and the Packers didn't reach out. I'm not saying Deshaun Jackson has anything left in the tank, but he's probably better than half the receivers they got on that team. So, mm, I don't know about that. The last thing they need is another aging receiver that's going to play a quarter and go out with an injury. They need to bring in Odell. I think Odell should. I think the Packers should sign Odell. I've been on that bandwagon since last year, but 
Uh, I know he's not 100% healthy yet, but when he does get healthy, they need to be on the market there, if, especially if they're going to pretend to be uh, playoff contenders, which it's inter- interesting to see the Vikings do their thing. As long as the Vikings don't do Vikings things, I think the Vikings should win that division with ease. So I think next week's week eight, maybe Fox and I will dive a little bit deeper into maybe our first half thoughts and and kind of look into the second half. And maybe we'll we'll spruce things up with some playoff predictions if we need to alter any of them because – Oh, we do. Some of the teams that I thought were going to be looking really good have not been. Hey, we nailed Buffalo and Philadelphia. I yeah. still feel great about that. I feel great about Philadelphia. I felt great about changing my uh, division winner, and I had them making it. We both had them making it to the NFC title game. So yeah, yeah. So so we weren't totally off base. Exactly. Yeah, and we both had Buffalo in the Super Bowl. So you know, we're not as dumb as we look. Yeah. Well, maybe not. But with that being said, let me give you some great picks for the week. That's the wrong. What's going on, guys? Everybody, I had an interesting week uh, last week. I, I I battled back and forth with some of the wins and losses. Um, the Ravens cleared the minus one and a half at the half. Aaron Rodgers... He died apparently last week. Couldn't throw over one and a half touchdowns against the Jets. The Vikings scored over two and a half touchdowns, which I loved. The Cowboys were a missed field goal away from covering my plus seven and a half at the end of the game. That really hurt. Like they kicked that field goal. He makes it. They're down six. My bet hits. I go home. I'm happy. I'm cheerful. And my week is a little bit salvaged because, you know, it was just up and down all day. I mean, if I look at it this way, I would have been four and Three, I think. One, two. Yeah, four and three. If that bet hits, nope. Just kidding. Or four and two. Sorry, that nope doesn't happen. So I, I took that L there. Cowboys did. My lock of the week was the Cowboys over one and a half touchdowns, which I thought was a weird number. And then of course Marcus Valdez Scantling, who has killed it in weeks weeks in a row, doesn't even have a catch in the Buffalo game. Doesn't even have one one catch in that Buffalo game. Lesson learned on that team. Um, last week I was three and three, um, not, not bad, not shabby, um, could be better. So we're looking to get back on track. I've only got three picks for you today on the podcast. Um, because I, I have there, the props aren't out yet. I like to look at the props a little bit more. So sometimes the props come out later on Thursday, Clarkson and I will be going live later tonight. Um, if you're listening and it'll be available on the podcast this weekend, for you guys to listen to us talk about our bets. I'll probably have a more full in-depth lineup. But these are the three locks I'm locking in right now um, for the week. Give me the Commanders over one and a half touchdowns versus the Packers. The Packers have given up 24 or more points in three straight games. I like Tyler Haneke. I don't, I don't think he's great or anything, but maybe he infuses some spunk into this offense. For, I just think that two touchdowns seems like a no-brainer for this offense. I like them to at least get that. I don't need anything more out of them. Just get the two touchdowns and we'll call it a day. I don't care how you get them. I don't care if it's special team touchdowns. I don't care. Fumble recovery, pick sixes. Whatever you want to do, just need two touchdowns of the Commanders this weekend for my bet to hit. Give me the Raiders minus three at the half against the Texans. I think the Ravens have been – the Ravens have uh, – Raiders, sorry. Raiders – have been ahead at the half three of their last four games. I like this team to come out strong against a weaker team off of the bye. So give me the Raiders minus three at the half. Give me the Chiefs money line first half as well versus the 49ers. The 49ers are a strange team that I think that can command and contain Mahomes. But I think coming off a loss, I like the Chiefs to be ahead at least at the half 
which they have done in all three road games this season. So to recap real quick, give me the Commanders over one and a half touchdowns against the Packers. Give me the Raiders minus three at the half versus the Texans. And give me the Chiefs at the half money line against the 49ers. What are your thoughts, Fox? Yeah, I think the I, – I picked the Raiders and the Chiefs. So, um, you know, the Raiders – Need to do something. They lucked out. It doesn't look like Devontae Adams is going to get a uh, suspension anytime soon for the camera man incident. They're going to wait and see how the legal uh, situation plays out. And I don't think that's going to happen in a hurry, maybe even into next season. And I think the, the 49ers chiefs is going to be a fascinating battle. The 49ers have a good defense, but I think it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. The chiefs are probably going to be pretty motivated to come back and try to get a win. I Totally agree. And folks, for those of you listening each and every week, just for the fantasy football or fantasy or the betting perspective or just NFL in general, we appreciate you listening. Make sure to head on over to Music City Drive and check out the weekly content that's coming out in the world of the NFL from the site. Of course, check out everything else while you're there. But for those of you that like to stick around for the movie corner, let's go ahead and dive right into that. My mouse let me down again by moving. I almost hit the wrong button quite again. But with that being said, folks, there is a uh, big list of movies that are set to come out this weekend. Some of these will be playing in your area. Some of these may not. But the two big ones coming out will be playing in theaters worldwide. And that's Black Adam and Tickets Paradise. Over on Prime Video, you have the Peripheral? Peripheral? The, yeah, the Peripheral. Peripheral, okay. there we go. My English is just great today, guys. And then, of course, you have Triangle Sadness, which is limited to release this weekend. Um, I don't; It's not going to be available in a whole lot of theaters, but a lot of art houses are showing it. Uh, a few other things that dropped this week that I am very upset that um, this might not be movie. the movie corner. We should maybe rename it the movie TV corner. But Matthew Fox did not bring up the fact that Love is Blind is back, and that really hurts my heart. Love is Blind Season 3 is back. I don't even know what that is. Reality show. And television history is back, and Matthew Fox didn't mention it, so it hurts my heart by saying that. Um, Al Capuco Season 2 is back on Apple TV+. Plus. But without further ado, I'm going to talk about the movie that I saw, and then I'm going to let Matthew Fox talk about a movie that he saw, and then we'll talk about some other things that we watched this week. I watched Tickets to Paradise. Look, I'm going to say this cut and dry. If you like George Clooney, if you like Julia Roberts, you're going to love this movie, period. End of story. If you don't like either of these two, you're a fucking loser. But with that being said, I love this movie. I love George Clooney. I love Julie Roberts. It's something about these two massive stars. They have great on-screen chemistry that is electric. It's it's amazing. It's crazy that my tweet went crazy as much as it did because movie guys like Matthew Fox and I, there is there the the movie star thing is a dying breed, right? There's stars nowadays. There is. There's stars, but. Tom Cruise is a movie star. George Clooney and Julia Roberts were movie stars. They're stars that elevate bad films that make them great. Now, if you look at the bottom of the level, Tickets to Paradise is a very cut-and-dry rom-com that if you put anybody else in those in that role, it's probably just a Netflix movie. But you have George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I loved it. Fox, you saw Triangle Sadness. Tell me what you thought. Yeah, I... Your uh, your take on Ticket Paradise makes me excited because that will be my date night movie with the wife tomorrow. But uh, I did. I saw Triangle of Sadness. Um, it was the Palme d'Or winner at the Cannes Film Festival, which is always uh, 
makes me kind of curious. Uh, different kind of movie. It's uh, about two and a half hours. Um, it has a lot of things to say about money and um, class, uh, as in, you know, where you are on the economic spectrum and some things like that. It is a comedy. It's not like the, you know, laugh out loud, Will Ferrell kind of comedy. It's more of an observational comedy, but it has some of the wildest sequences. Um, it's basically a yacht cruise gone wrong. Woody Harrelson is the captain of the yacht and he's not in a ton of it, but when he makes his appearance for the captain's dinner, it was probably one of the most, I think I sent you a message. Um, it had, I was, it had a very visceral effect on me uh, at the time that I was watching it. It was one of the more creative things I've seen. I enjoyed it for what it was. I, I you know, I think it's worth checking out. Um, I've seen some people say that it's entering the foreign film competition, which I get from the country of origin. It is mostly in English, I'll be honest. So it's not the uh, kind of foreign language feature that you're, you're thinking it is. It's, uh, it is predominantly in English, but it was very creative. The third act is pretty crazy um, and has kind of a fascinating ending as well. It was one that, that I enjoyed that was something different to check out. I like it. I, I can't wait to see it. I've been waiting to see it. I, uh, I'm just, I don't even understand. I, somebody call me, please. I'd love to see it. Um, with that being said, uh, it's playing in limited theaters near me. It might be in the theater near me, but I, I got uh, some other stuff that I got to catch up on. Um, real quick, let's see. What else came out? There's something else I want to talk about. Uh, the Good Nurse. Oh, yes. The Good Nurse comes out next week on Netflix. Um, very polarizing film right now. I've seen a lot of two, three-star reviews of it. Um, I loved it. I think it's very impactful. It's, a, it's an impactful look at the um, healthcare system right now because it compares very much to what that is right now, which is awful. But uh, not to get too crazy about that. But um, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Thought the performances were great. Eddie Redmayne was amazing in it. Um, I finally got around to watch Dashcam, uh, which was by far one of just the most strangest movies I've ever watched. Um, the Curse of Bridge Hollow, um, I watched that. Also just a fine movie that is made for not me. Um, I gave it one and a half stars. Um, I liked Rosaline a little bit. Um, I gave it three stars. Halloween ends. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my fucking life. So yeah. yeah and if, uh, so um, Eric and I will be back on Sunday. We are looking at the Halloween franchise, including the hidden gem Halloween three. Um, yeah. I, I look forward to checking that out. Um, we have I'm with you. I did not care for Halloween ends, but I took it that uh, he might have felt differently. So I'll be curious too. I'm curious too because he did say he did reach out to me about writing a review uh, with a positive perspective on it. And and no offense to anybody that liked that movie, but I don't think there's anything good about that movie. So <laughs> it's one of the worst movies of the year. It's in my bottom five. It will stay in my bottom five. Um, I think what we'll do next week, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think because we're reaching the end of the month. Yeah, next week, the 28th. So next week we talk, we will talk uh, on the show. We will talk the recapping our playoff predictions and maybe changing and altering what our playoff predictions look like. And then on top of that, I think we're going to recap our favorite movies of the first eight months or 10 months. Fuck, oh, man. First 10 months of the year, um, as well as we head into award season. It's that time of year. We're busy. We're booked. We're bu booked and busy. Um, Matthew Fox said this off the air before we got on the air that having movie award season at the same time as as um, football season is very, very stressful for us too. 
Um, so it's it's a lot. It is a lot because, and especially since award season's back to the normal award season, like I know the group, the critic groups that I'm a part of, my my voting is due on one of them. The Hollywood Critic Association, our our ballots are due like December third, so. We're booked and busy right now, ladies and gentlemen. So it's like I'm going to see two movies today. Next, uh, I got a movie on Sunday. Like there's, we're both we're moving. Whether it's in front of a computer, at home, in the theaters, we're booked and busy right now. And then of course football is going on four days a week. So three at days least three days. at least oh, four days. A week. I can't. I'm done here. This that just the oh podcast. yeah three days a week yeah yeah and the podcast and the podcast. Ricky doesn't know what he's talking about anymore. We'll talk to you guys. Like next week, next year, I don't even know anymore. Fuck it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.